Welcome to Trailblazer Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Summoner class. This is part of our class overview series covering all the classes available to players, and this is one of the base classes. Christian, I'm wondering, could you use the word class more times in that opening sentence? I bet I could fit in a few times just for you, Caleb. <laughs> But we're not talking about classes. We're talking about the summoner. I've been wanting to talk about summoner for a while because the summoner is a very divisive class. It's a very infamous class. It got uh, unchained in the Unchained book. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here. From the description in the book, the summoner. While many who dabble in the arcane become adept at beckoning monsters from the farthest reaches of the plains, none are more skilled at it than the summoner. This practitioner of the arcane arts forms a close bond with one particular outsider, known as an Eidolon, who gains power as the summoner becomes more proficient at his summoning. It's Eidolon. Eidolon. That's how you say it. Yeah, I say Eidolon or Eidolon, so you can huff my shorts. Uh, no. Uh, according to Greek literature, it's Eidolon. That's how you say the word. I'm not Greek. I'm Italian, which is not Greek, as few realize. The most important thing about this class is that you can pronounce Eidolon. If you say it wrong, you, this class is underpowered. It will not work. <laughs> well, Christian, I've heard a lot of things about this class being underpowered, so, okay, <laughs> this all fits in well. So when I think of Summoner, the idea in my head is, oh, I can summon a bunch of various creatures so I don't have to fight myself, and maybe I can even augment them. Is that right? You are going to be very satisfied, because that is basically the, the whole thing that this class does. It's everything it really mm -hmm. does. When I've heard Paizo talk about this class, they said their design goal was that you could be the monster, which is the reason you kind of get your idol on, your one big monster you can make better. And that like the sort of crutch, the weak point of the monster is the summoner himself and how maybe they took some missteps. So we can kind of explore that as we analyze this class and tell you how to play it. So the de facto spell casting pet class, a summoner. Let's start with their just base stats from the book, the table. So for alignment, there is no kind of alignment restriction. They have a D8 hit die. For skill points per level, they get two plus their intelligence modifier, and they are not an intelligence-based caster, so that uh, that kind of hurts. That's as low as the fighter. To go along with that, their class skill list, it's real small. The only class skills they get are craft, fly, handle, animal, all knowledges, which I guess that actually pads it. That's a lot of them. Yeah. Linguistics, uh, profession, ride, spellcraft, and use magic device. Many of those intelligence-based, including all those knowledge checks. Mm -hmm. But the important charisma one is there in Use Magic Device. Although, being a party face with their charisma is not going to be a great option, just because they don't get diplomacy, they don't get bluff, they don't get intimidate. They have a three-fourths BAB progression. For their saving throws, they have a bad fortitude and a bad reflex saving throw, but a good will saving throw. These are charisma-based, spontaneous arcane casters with their own unique spell list. It is a six-level spell list that has a lot of modifications that allow them to still get access to a lot of really powerful spells. As for proficiencies, they are proficient with all simple weapons, they are also proficient with light armor, and they have all the standard text that says they can wear light armor and it does not affect their arcane spell casting. They can't right. use a shield, they multi-class, yada yada. Uh, so not, not great options there. Light armor, the weakest armor, unless you have high dexterity, and nothing but simple weapons. So you're not really expecting a summoner to take up arms themselves and fight, even though they have that 3-4 BAB. 
So we're going to hop into level one, and this is a very front-loaded class. You basically get all of your iconic abilities at level one, and the rest of the stuff you get levels later are kind of like add-ons, or neat little add-ons to like your Eidolon and things like that. So bear with us. I really, I have never heard of Eidolon, and it's going to take me a while to adjust to this. I just need you to know that in my heart, I believe you're wrong, even though I know in my head you're right. <laughs> you know, your head and your heart, sometimes they just separate. I know. I've been saying Eidolon so long, and as I was writing the notes, I was like, is it Eidolon? Because I can't pronounce normal English words, very less words that I don't ever hear, but it's Eidolon. This is a pretty complicated class and has a lot of bookkeeping, so know that going forward. Are we talking kineticist level of bookkeeping? Um, maybe, because you have basically the Summoner and the Eidolon, and neither are particularly complicated, but they each are kind of their own unique characters. You are keeping track of two characters that can change on the fly. Kind of like kineticist. Mm -hmm. I, I would compare it to kineticist, but I definitely think the kineticist beats it out. So first, not really a class feature, you get cantrips. That just means you get level zero spells. Not going to go over those. I assume you know what level zero spells are. Uh, but the very first thing you get, which is the most important, is your Eidolon. A summoner begins play with the ability to summon to his side a powerful outsider called an Eidolon. The Eidolon forms a link with the summoner who forever after summons an aspect of the same creature. Uh, Eidolon is a weird word. Like I said, it's a Greek word. Uh, the definition of Eidolon is an idolized person or thing or a specter or a phantom. An idolized? Like the Eidolon, the way it's supposed to be pronounced? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so the too long didn't listen to this is you have command over a unique creature from another plane. It's kind of like an animal companion in that it has its own table and how it operates. And you can summon it at will and it has a ton of rules on how it works. So to go over the actual rules text of the Eidolon, the Eidolon has to have the same alignment as the summoner. The Eidolon could speak all the same languages as the Summoner. Eidolons are treated as summoned creatures, except that they are not sent back to their home plane until reduced to a number of negative hit points equal to or greater than their constitution score. In addition, due to its tie to the Summoner, an Eidolon can touch and attack creatures, warded by protection from evil and similar effects that prevent contact with summoned creatures. So in what way is it treated like a summoned creature? There's so many exceptions here. Yeah, this is where it gets weird. You have to know like when it is a summoned creature, when it isn't a summoned creature. And that's one of the reasons that this gets a little complicated. Here's the big one. Can it get banished? It's They talk about the, that later. Okay. I wish I had a buzzer to buzz you whenever you said Eidolon. Mm. Funny, I was thinking the same thing for the way you say your garbage word. Buzz. <laughs> A summoner can summon his Eidolon in a ritual that takes <laughs> We just get just more and more passive-aggressively fierce when we say that word until there's like a nine-second space before and after the word. Uh, you can summon it in a ritual that takes one whole minute to perform. So basically, if your Eidolon isn't already out and about, uh, you're not going to summon it really quickly. It does take a full minute to summon him. When summoned in this way, the Eidolon's hit points are unchanged from the last time it was summoned. Interesting. Except if the Eidolon was killed, and that's why you are resummoning it, in which case it returns with half of its normal hit points. I think that means half of its maximum hit points. I don't know what a normal lumber of hit points is. The Eidolon does not heal naturally. That's very important. You can't just rest. Your Eidolon will not get healed unless you expend magic and healing that we'll talk about later to heal it. The Eidolon remains available to you and in the world until it is dismissed by the summoner, which is a standard action. If the Eidolon 
is sent back to its home plane due to its death, it cannot be summoned again until the following day. The Eidolon cannot be sent back to its home plane by means of dispel magic, but spells such as dismissal and banishment work normally. Now, big asterisk on this one, if the summoner is unconscious, asleep, or killed, his Eidolon is immediately banished. Interesting. So you can't have him be the night guard and everyone else gets their eight hours rest. Yes, and I feel like that was probably an important thing balance-wise that they wanted to tackle. What about all the cute pictures of the giant monster with his chest going up and down with the little tiny summoner sleeping on top of it? I can't I can't fulfill this awesome fantasy. You cannot fulfill Thanks, your Paizo. chibi anime fantasy. Not here, Caleb. Man, no! <laughs> that's what Pathfinder's all about! <laughs> Uh, but uh, utilizing spells that will render the summoner unconscious or asleep are ways you can combat the Eidolon. So that's important to note. The Eidolon takes a form shaped by the summoner's desires. The Eidolon's hit dice, saving throws, skills, feats, and abilities are tied to the summoner's class level and increase as the summoner gains levels. In addition, each Eidolon receives a pool of evolution points based on the summoner's class level that can be used to give the Eidolon different abilities and powers. Whenever the summoner gains a level, he must decide how these points are spent, and they are set until he gains another level of summoner. So this is a little bit of the customization going on here. It's not like your animal companion, hey, it's got this track, and now it can like, yeah, it's got this track, but guess what? Tentacle. <laughs> yeah, so the evolutions are going to take a lot of different forms, and they're one of the important parts of the Eidolon that we'll go into detail in a little bit. The Eidolon's physical appearance is up to the summoner, but is always some kind of fantastic creature. You cannot make it look like a specific creature. So I can't just have you as my Eidolon? No, you cannot summon. No, it's it cannot be me. Christian. I'm a specific creature, okay? Okay, oh, well, that's disappointing. <laughs> Wait, let me just uh, delete that character. All right, go on. <laughs> The Eidolon bears a glowing rune that is identical to a rune that appears on the summoner's forehead as long as the Eidolon is summoned. So this isn't super stealthy. You got a big symbol on your forehead that says, hey, my Eidolon uh, 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 is uh, But what if I wear a hat? Bam. I just negated this whole game with a $3 piece of equipment. Why are you buying $3 hats, Caleb? You don't seem like a $3 I don't know, hat this, kind of guy. In this gold economy, I don't know where I'm getting dollars from. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> yes, it can be hidden through mundane means. Uh, but it cannot be concealed through magic spells, which, if I can use mundane means, why would I need magic? I guess because someone could just <laughs> tip your hat open and be like, <gasps> it was you. Imagine magic being so lame that a sticky note can do more than it. <laughs> I thought people said magic was overpowered in Pathfinder. <laughs> I could just wear my fedora and be fine. So that that was a lot. I wanted to read through the whole thing because there's a lot to unpack there. But basically, the Eidolon is the big pulse of this class. They're crazy good. They're very similar to animal companions, but they're much beefier. They're much stronger. They have much more capabilities in every regard. They can even learn magic if you want them to. Obviously, we're not going to deep dive into archetypes right now. But my question immediately is, can I pick an archetype that focuses on like my bunch of summons instead of my big Eidolon? Yes, and that's the horribly broken one that we talk oh. about in the post notes. <laughs> I didn't know that. I just It's because that's what I think of when I thought of a summoner. My first thought was lots of little guys. I believe that's the one that's like legitimately banned from like the cooperative play, like the gotcha, actual gotcha, Paizo gotcha. supported Master play. Summoner, right? Yes, Master Summoner. Bam, I've got some knowledge in there. It rattles around and it comes out when other people say things. <laughs> so the strength of an Eidolon is very comparable to a PC who is based in natural attacks. So we're going to take a short aside real quick, and we're going to take a glance over at the Eidolon table just to see how the Eidolon itself works. Because now we read the Summoner page, the Eidolon has its own list of abilities that are kind of go along with level 1 that infers how it operates. 
So the Eidolon, you gotta get a separate character sheet, prepare it for your Eidolon at level one. You have to pick a couple things. You have to pick the form that the Eidolon takes on. And that is, is it a biped creature? Is it a quadruped? Is it serpentine? There's a couple other options there too. Which option you select is going to influence a few things. It's going to influence what limbs that your Eidolon has. It's going to influence the saving throws that your Eidolon gets, and it's going to influence the class skills available to your Eidolon. It gets three-fourths BAB. They have a D10 hit die that kind of skips around a a level every once in a while, very similar to an animal companion. They get their own feats. I can guess some will pick, like, improved natural attacks. Yes, you you usually stack the natural attacks on your Eidolon. They do have listed a cap on the number of natural attacks they can have at any given level. But that increases over time. But don't worry, it's always really high. It's not really a limiter. (laughs) You can only have 100. Okay. And they have a pool of evolution points, which we use to customize what they can do. The Eidolon has dark vision for 60 feet. There's an ability called Link, where the summoner and Eidolon can communicate in their minds at any range, long as they're on the same plane. And they share magic item slots. Very interesting. All right, summon it. Now put on this breastplate I made specifically for a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Take your time. Wait, let me take off mine. The Eidolon comes with the ability to share spells, meaning that you can cast spells with a range of you on the Eidolon. And you can even cast spells on the Eidolon, even if they don't normally work on the type, the creature type of your Eidolon, which is Outsider. Now you say the range of you, does that just change to a range of touch? That's a weird one, because I think the actual range is personal. I don't think there's a you range. I think they meant personal. Right. And I think the way it's sure. listed on every other class is spells with the range of personal. Right. But that turns to touch, I assume, if you want to give it to your Eidolon. Yes. Why don't you give us some examples of evolutions? I know there's a lot. The evolutions, there's kind of you kind of classify them. They're not classified like this, but uh, I put a couple in groups. And also note that some of these are limited by level. Some evolutions cost one evolution point, two evolution points, or three evolution points, depending on how powerful they are. And some of them have prerequisites. So for example, uh, there is a group of attacks, uh, natural attacks typically, which are things like bite, slam, sting. Uh, You can only take bite if your Eidolon has a head, which it probably does. You can only take sting if your Eidolon has a tail, for instance. Gotcha, gotcha. What if it's just a, a mass of goo? What if I want, like, the Shagoth? I don't think there's a type for that, because of all the, the forms you can pick by default, they all at least have a couple limbs, like legs or Shame. arms. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Don't worry. You, I think you could probably pick Serpentine, then, if you really want to go that route and just not ever give it limbs and just make it big and make it thick. <laughs> this is my big, thick, limbless boy. <laughs> rolls around on the people another grouping would be movement abilities so you can give your eidolon things like swimming burrowing speeds uh, flight speed by giving it wings this is my thick big limbless winged boy (laughs) he just flies the whole body's just like holding him down as he just like drags along the ground it's like that french caterpillar from a bug's life at the end of the movie where it gets yeah turns into a butterfly wow what a pull Christian, what a Paul. Wow. I don't remember his name. I just remember that he was French. All I remember is that another, I think ants came out at the same time. And one of them, which I'm assuming is Bug's Life, I heard the quote so many times because everyone's so original and funny of the don't look in the light. <laughs> which, to be fair, is pretty funny. 
I mean, we still make moth memes, so <laughs> who's really the unoriginal one here? But you see, with the senses of my Edelon, I can pick things to help me there. I can give it scent. I can give it blind sense. Then I don't need the eyes. I won't get distracted by the bright lights. So here's my thick, big, limbless, winged, eyeless boy. <laughs> Why did you remove its eyes? I, don't I wanted to do give that. it blind sense. It doesn't need eyes, Christian. It's a blob. <laughs> Even though the thing I specifically referenced was Shagath, which has infinite eyes. <laughs> well, you're going to need to protect your thick, limbless boy. You can pick defense. Boy, sure, Christian, I don't like hearing that <laughs> out of your mouth. I really don't. <laughs> you can pick things that boost your defenses, such as giving it resistance or immunity to a particular element, or improving its natural armor or giving it DR. You can also give your Eidolon spell-like abilities and the ability to cast magic. It can get Dimension Door as a spell-like ability, and also there's like a subset of options called magic, which is basic magic, major magic, and ultimate magic. I'm not going to go into the details there, but long story short, they can learn quite a bit of magic spells that they can cast on their own. And then there's miscellaneous stuff, like you can boost up the attributes, you can increase their size. Can you lower their size? Yes, there is an option to make them smaller as well. Give them breath weapons, uh, the web ability, weapon training. Oh, so you could have like the Marilith with the six arms and each room has a scimitar. Yep, or you can make your extra planar octopus with a glock in each hand and finally achieve <laughs> the dream of glocktopus yes amazing great 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 uh i don't want to get too much into it because i'm going to save it for the day we do the unchained summoner i played an unchained summoner and i did everything i could to boost his size and i got him to as big the biggest you can get any pc controlled thing ever and i was very happy and that is one of the things that make eidolon so powerful you can just make it a giant thing with like eight natural attacks with reach and anything that approaches it gets shredded pretty easily, especially because you as the summoner can give it buffs. You can give it good buffs from your own spells, and there's actually ways that you can give it bonus evolutions on the fly, which we'll mention in a little bit. So something that's not listed in either of the class abilities on the summoner or the Eidolon is kind of how people at large react to the Eidolon. Sure. There, there are some allusions to people not being like thrilled that this extra planar creature is just like kind of walking around town. But mm. ultimately, this is a GM dependent thing and something that you should check with your GM or your GM should decide prior to starting a game with a summoner is how exactly is that going to work? Don't spring that as a surprise on your player that people are going to not like the Eidolon and they're going to have to shunt it away whenever they're in civility. Talk to that with your GM and say, hey, can I just walk around with this thing or is this something I'm going to have to hide from people? Sure. I think that's what, what a great point you've just made, saying do this ahead of time because that can feel really garbage. Like to have that split of expectations when you're in the moment, nip that in the butt ahead of time. Like, hey guys, I was thinking in this world that we're in, there's monsters all over the place so nobody cares. Or in this world we're in, it's a little bit of low fantasy. So if they see you walking around with a, I don't know, let me just throw some random words out there a, a thick big <laughs> limbless winged eyeless boy they might be a little frightened I i'd be i'd be enthralled i'd be ecstatic <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anyone could be upset with that rolling into town but let's jump out of the edelon and get back to the summoner okay so the edelon we know how that works that's going to be a big part of how your class plays out but what else do we get well we get something that interacts with the eidolon and it's called lifelink you form a bond with your Eidolon. Whenever the Eidolon would take damage that is enough to basically knock it unconscious, send it back to its home plane, the summoner, as a free action, can sacrifice any number of their own hit points. 
and each hit point that they sacrifice prevents one point of damage to the Edelon, which, you know, obviously you're doing this to prevent it from being sent back to its home plane so it can stand and fight. And then there's a bunch of rules about how if your Eidolon starts to get farther away, it loses hit points. So just know that if your Eidolon ever gets further than 100 feet away from you, you have to start, like, paying attention to some rules that, like, hey, it loses, a, you know, some of its hit points from its max. Mm-hmm. But this is a this is a strong ability. So your Eidolon's health pool is effectively increased by your total health pool. So basically double the Eidolon's health pool. Interesting. The last ability we get at level one is Summon Monster One. So this is your option to take if your Eidolon isn't currently summoned, or if you just don't want to summon your Eidolon right now, uh, rather than summoning your Eidolon, you can just cast the Summon Monster spell. You get the spell Summon Monster One as a spell-like ability a number of times per day equal to three plus your charisma modifier. But what you're saying is I can't have them both up at the same time. Correct. The first line of this ability forbids you from having both the Eidolon and a Summon Monster at at the same time because you can just swarm the battlefield in that way mm-hmm. and they, they flavor it as they draw upon the same pool of energy what circumstances would my elon be down that i would be using some monster just that it died and i can't summon it again for another minute uh so if it dies you can't summon it again for a day so yes yeah, so in the case that it uh, dies rather than you having nothing that you can cast summon monster or if say you you know were surprised in the middle of the night or a time you didn't have your Edelon up instead of spending 10 rounds to summon your Edelon obviously you can just spend one round summoning a monster now there are some important ways that this summon monster ability that you get as a summoner acts differently than the actual summon monster spell so in terms of like the list of monsters you get that's the same and as you level up you're going to get access to higher levels of the summon monster spell and that is on track as if you were a wizard Uh, It's not diminished because you're a 6th level spellcaster. You get basically full casting rights to the summon monster spell. Now, because this is a spell-like ability, you cast this spell as a standard action rather than a full round action. And that is one of the biggest drawbacks to the summon monster spell. Right. And the creatures last for one minute a level rather than one round per level, which is a gigantic difference. That's pretty cool. At 19th level, you can use Gate or Summon Monster 9, which is what you would typically have at that level. I would I would balk at the not balk I would be amazed at the fact that you can summon gate but 19th level is pretty darn high so that's cool yeah you guys mind if I just leave this portal to another dimension here I gotta go adventure BRB (laughs) you can't summon multiple things at once you can really only have one instance of this active at a time so you can't just blow all six of your summon monsters in one fight unless you're a master summoner (laughs) which is one of the reasons why it's terribly broken So a normal wizard, is he able to have multiple summon monsters in a row? As far as I'm aware, it's I don't know the conjuration rules 100%. I haven't researched them, but I believe if you just sit there and spend full round actions, then you can just keep doing it. So this is one of the very few ways in which the summoner doesn't quite have the same skill set as a wizard in summon. Though is summon monster just on my normal spell list? Yes, it is also on your normal spell list. So I imagine in that case, if I was using summon monster on my spell list, I could do it multiple times. Yes. I believe the way it's worded is that says you can't just summon monster again from this ability. Cool, cool. And lastly, you are considered to have this spell on your spell list. It is on your spell list, so I don't know why they specify this, but you can expend uses of this ability to fulfill crafting requirements as well. So for all intents and purposes, this kind of acts like a spell on your spell list, except it has its own pool of stuff to pull from. So this sounds like a pretty garbage spell that no one ever used, right? This is a bad ability. Might as well be removed. Summon Monster. We could do an entire episode on Summon Monster. (laughs) 
<laughs> and why it's so insanely good. The summon monster list at low levels is terrible. Not good. You, you get the option of like, ooh, I can summon a dog or a, a dolphin. Fear my flamingo. <laughs> but at later levels, it becomes very powerful and it offers a lot of versatility. And even at later levels, you can summon things that have their own spell-like abilities, which is when the summoning stuff starts to go off the rails. But you basically took summon monster... Took away most of the weaknesses from it, uh, the full round action thing being the biggest one, and made it so you can only really use it once at a time. The duration is nice. The duration's so nice. Because you you effectively can't use summon monster level one if you're not a summoner, because it lasts one round. That's, oh, my flamingo appeared for one round, ate one crawfish, and it's gone. Okay, but Christian, the lawn looked pretty darn nice while it was there. Yeah, it was it was a nice aesthetic. You just gotta do it when the neighbors are looking. That's <laughs> I have a prepared action to summon Flamingo when the HOA looks my way. Well, now we can jump into level two. You're right. That was a really front-loaded class. But you've, you've great thing is that you've become a summoner, which is great. You've really you've already sort of fulfilled your fantasy as being a summoner at level one. And to note, obviously, this makes the summoner not a good multi-class class. Your Eidolon will only level up in strength as you gain summoner levels. Your spellcasting in summoner is only going to go up as you gain levels in summoner. So d- don't try it. There's probably some cheesy ways you can multi-class it, but generally I wouldn't suggest it. Uh, it's important to mention at level one, we, we are a spellcaster, so you do get a small list of level one spells. And remember, I, I've mentioned this, the summoner spell list is really, really good. You can find some hidden gems in there. Are we talking about just like sort of buffing spells for you and your summoner, or are we talking about other more utility spells? It's actually a pretty complete spell list. For being a six level caster and having their own unique spell list, you would expect it to be like really severely cut. Not not really. You get all the good stuff here in the spell list. And this is one of the like major gripes of the summoner. Their spell list is nonsense and it's unfair, and it's actually in some ways better than the wizard spell list. I would never actually say it's better than the wizard spell list, but in some ways it's like, wait, wait a second. What is this? Why do they get haste as a level two spell? Now, forgive me. You probably already answered this, but can I deliver touch spells through my Edelon like wizards can do with their familiar? No, that is a specific ability the familiars get that the Eidolon does not have. Great. I mean, I'm not that I'm celebrating it being, oh, no, look, it's weaker, but just the idea of let them be separate (laughs) and better at different things. So as a last note on the spell list, we'll talk about more in detail, but it's primarily you get most of the conjuration spells and anything that summons something like glitter dust, which I think is a conjuration spell. You basically get every single conjuration spell and then a pretty good picking of other stuff. So you know what? I bet that's like trying to look back and try to rework how they made what they've considered a mistake making the spell is too good is they thought he's a summoner give him every conjuration spell it just makes sense and it ended up being a little too powerful but we'll we will talk about that later i got a whole i got a whole spiel for that one all right well let's jump into level two with bond senses Starting at second level, Summoner can share the senses of his Eidolon as a standard action. You know, can hear, see, smell, taste. I'm not sure I want to do all of those things. <laughs> and touch everything the Eidolon does. You don't want to taste what our thick, limbless, blind, long boy no. is mm-mm, tasting mm-mm, at any mm-mm, given mm-mm, moment? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Don't like that. <laughs> don't like that at all. 
Uh, you can do this a number of rounds per day equal to your summoner level. There's no range to this effect, but you still have to be on the same plane. So this is cute. Uh, most of the stuff we get here is like cute little buddy buddy Eidolon stuff. Like, oh, if you and your Eidolon, you're, you're real close. But this one's cute. Uh, nothing too great. It's nice to have. It's going to get extra use out of it if you're using it with an Eidolon that is very stealthy, that you like made small, so it can sneak around and then you can kind of use it as a reconnaissance creature. And your Eidolon is going to get evasion at level two. Pretty darn good. Wow, already? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's when a monk gets it. It's before a rogue gets it. Even the Eidolon wow. gets stuff before the rogue. Come on. <laughs> I'm the rogue. I'm the most dexterous thing. I have supernatural reflexes. Unless it's this thick, limbless creature that my Stop. friend just summoned. It's better than me at that. It's faster. And at level three, it looks like, okay, it gets a full sneak attack as if a level <laughs> 10 rogue. Interesting. It can hide in plain sight, which actually, hide in plain sight, they do get greater invisibility uh, on the summoner spell list there pretty early. So we got we got hit level two. We're not going to get anything new until we hit level four, which is when we also get our level two spells. The ability to get a level four is called Shield Ally. As long as the summoner is within reach of its Eidolon, the summoner gets a plus two shield bonus to its AC and a plus two circumstance bonus to its saving throws. This doesn't work if the Eidolon is helpless or grappled or any of that kind of stuff. Cool. I like that. That's a nice little flavor. Yeah, the summoner is the weak point here. It's nice that the Eidolon has tools to be able to protect it like that. Can I mount my Eidolon? Uh, I think there's a specific evolution. There is a specific evolution called uh, mount that allows you to do that. When I was building my Unchained Summoner, I think I recall people arguing like, can I just mount it? Why do I have to get mount? So I think that might be a gray area. That That is something that like the precedence is set that like, well, you can't do it because there's a thing you have to take that says you're able to do it, which right. is that whole discussion of like, well, this feat lets me open my door with my feet. Activity. No, 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 stick with that one. That's a good one. No, Keep going, Christian. This feet, feet. Let's this, me open the door with, with my feet. toes. Go with on. my toes. Uh, does that mean that if normal role-playing circumstances says, I want to open the door with my toes, I'm not allowed to do it? Like, come on. I'm looking at my round doorknob, and I don't know if I could open it with my feet, honestly. <laughs> You might need to put some resources into that to be able to do it. My cat can't do it with his paws, even though he doesn't stop trying. <laughs> One day he's going to step in something sticky, and just by chance it's going to work. <laughs> Next new thing we get is at level 6, we get Maker's Call. As a standard action, a summoner can call his Eidolon to his side. This functions as Dimension Door. You can use this once per day at level 6. And you get an additional time every four levels beyond it. So for reference, the spell Dimension Door goes 400 feet plus 40 feet per level. So at level six here, we would be able to uh, yeet, or excuse me, yoink, not yeet. Yo yoink is in the opposite direction. So we'd be able to yoink uh -huh. our Eidolon uh, 640 feet right to our side. Pretty cool. Pretty helpful. I've used it before to good effect, especially when my creature that I made gargantuan, I need to like get through a door. <laughs> It's a, this is its handy, capable means of getting around places. Correct. Not everyone has their buildings up to stuff to, to accommodate my creature. Don't worry. I, I got it. I got it handled. Well, I'm going to tell you something right now. He will need a ramp. He ain't got no limbs. <laughs> He's got to roll everywhere. That's the sound you hear. Oh, oh I don't want to imagine <laughs> the sound of cure. But don't worry. I can taste what it tastes. <laughs> As it rolls along the ground. 
it's really nice to have a panic button for your Eidolon. It allows you to let it make risky moves and be pulled out of the fire if things end up going south. And then at this level, your Eidolon is getting Devotion, which gives it a plus four morale bonus on will saves against enchantment spells and effects. You know, I didn't think about that till just now, but it is pretty cool that you don't have a vampire to sort of dominate your Eidolon. It's like, oops. Yeah, this, but, this killing machine I've I've handcrafted is now against me. <laughs> Most animal companion type things, familiar as animal companions, they all get this devotion ability. So the they can't just be charmed to be like, okay, we'll kill your master now. There you go. Before people get all up on me, I get it. Domination doesn't work on monsters. All right, we're recording. You know, we're we're we're, we're talking for you know an hour, two hours. All right, we just gotta pull things out of the air sometimes. I'm not a literal encyclopedia of rules, okay? Like sometimes I just And I understand usually when I mean if you go through all the episodes, you can't find a single thing I'm wrong in, so this kind of surprised you. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand I've never made a mistake before, except for my son, of course, but doesn't let's just come on and let's see no what's mistake except this thick, limbless, long boy <laughs> rolling into town, he scaring is. all the villagers. He's definitely <laughs> God's mistake. He's not God's mistake. He's my mistake. God made us in his image. I made this in, I don't know, a fever dream. This wasn't a good image to make it in. I, I was able to walk into town without scaring them, but I did hear literally everyone say as I passed them, God is dead. And I don't know why that sort of made them say that. Is, is that an ability I missed somewhere in the stat <laughs> So at level eight is the next time we're getting our cool ability cool new ability it's called transposition you can now use that maker's call ability where you yoink your eidolon to you to instead swap places with your eidolon and you know just don't break any rules with the laws of physics there's some wording here to make sure you don't end up shunting yourself out of existence Cl no clipping through the wall and then breaking the rest of the game right this one seems hard to make useful the the most useful thing i can think to do with it is to like if your eidolon has a persistent means of movement that you don't have available to you like if it can burrow you can have it burrow somewhere and then swap places with you sure it could sneak into some place if you have a little one and then you, boom now you're in without having you know just using a level eight summoner ability to get past what a level one lockpick could do <laughs> or if you know something sneaks up on you and you're the summoner and you're in danger and your eidolon's in a better position in combat then swap positions with them and now they're in danger and you're safe if only you could like freddy krueger them where you hold them swap positions and now you've, you've <laughs> thrown somebody in prison or something <laughs> <laughs> this is a this should be an archetype for summoner where instead of crafting an idol on you craft a, a dream nightmare for people <laughs> that attack that them. would be cool and of course to mention we're still getting levels in our spell casting this whole time yep and remember our spell casting is kind of broken it's kind of really strong level nine our Eidolon is going to get multi-attack which is the sort of two weapon fighting thing for monsters that have multiple limbs so this one's kind of weird this is effectively i think a nerf to the eidolon because the only prerequisite to take multi-attack is that the creature has three or more natural attacks which the eidolon can easily do at level one like no brainer you can get three natural attacks at level one as the eidolon uh the benefit here is that any of your natural attacks that are considered secondary attacks such as typically hooves or horns would be a secondary natural attack instead of taking a minus five penalty they only take a minus two penalty which is effectively a plus three bonus it's crazy good 
I would rather take it earlier. I mean, you can't you still take it earlier? And then you could talk to your gym about retraining that feet later? Yeah, but, uh, you know, rules as written, you would basically be wasting this ability. Which, honestly, who I can- think rules as written, there's rules for retraining. I mean, yeah. But it's, it's annoying that you'd have to have that conversation if you wanted to do that. Sure. But the truth is, y- you really want all of your feet... Because when you think about it, you're not really getting a ton of them. You want all your feats to go into your natural attacks if you're having a bunch of natural attacks and improved initiative and all these things. Honestly, it's nice to have one feat, you know, opened up. Yeah, they do not get like a full feat progression. They get like a, you know, 80%, 85% feat progression on like a real character. Teddy, am I real? I'm sorry, son. You still have enough feats. <laughs> One day maybe you'll be a real boy. <laughs> Did you know for every 10 feats that males get, that females only get 7 feats? <laughs> oh no! Oh no, level 10! Quickly! <laughs> quickly, quickly, quickly! Uh, level 10, the summoner gets the ability of Aspect. Now this is a real neat one. Basically, you could take 2 points from your Eidolon's evolution pool, and instead of giving your Eidolon an evolution, you can give yourself an evolution from the full list, or 2 evolutions, however much you can get for 2 points. And then there's some rules about you can't select certain types, you can't get ability increases, blah 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 blah. Who cares? This is super neat. It's at the cost of some points to your Eidolon, which you typically want to be strong, but a lot of the evolutions are really, really strong. It's going to be gameplay dependent. So, like, if you're in a campaign where, like, hey, like, ice is a really big theme, one of the evolutions is for two points could be, like, immunity to ice. Okay, this is obviously really strong. Some of them are just generically really good. With two points, you can get the flight ability. Or you can get really weird with it, and for two points, you can get extra limbs, such as head you could just grow an extra head at level 10 i don't know why you do that it's the summoner it doesn't have to make sense you can just get an extra head uh john why do you have two heads well i have to distract from my thick big limbless (laughs) winged eyeless boy so sometimes i like to take the attention off of them everyone's reacting so negatively i didn't want them to feel alone so we're both gonna suffer through this together well all three of us technically and now i can double taste whatever he tastes Mm -hmm. which is very helpful to me (laughs) <laughs> as he goes around just licking the ground as he walks. I, I did give him a tongue. No eyes, but there's a tongue there. <laughs> that didn't even cost a point. You, you can get really weird with the summoner. <laughs> this is this isn't hyperbole. Like this 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 and bit technically move is not over hyperbole. alchemist. It's my turn. <laughs> move aside, alchemist, with your tumors. I can taste it three times right now. Okay, you don't got anything on me. Next new thing we get is at level twelve, greater shield ally. Whenever an ally is within Edelon's reach, the ally receives the plus two shield bonus to its AC and a plus two circumstance bonus on its saving throws. And if the ally is the summoner, these bonuses increase to plus four. And the same applied before that if the Edelon's grappled, helpless, paralyzed, stunned, or unconscious, it doesn't count. So now it applies to all your allies, which is neat. You probably have some other martial characters in the party that are in the fray with your Eidolon, and they're now getting a flat bonus to their AC. So cool. And they're saving throws. Next thing we get is level 14. At 14th level, a summoner's life becomes linked to the Eidolon. So this is basically the life link from earlier, except now it works in reverse. If the summoner were to become unconscious or die, he can start draining HP from the Eidolon's health pool. So effectively, your two health pools are intrinsically linked. You basically share a health pool now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really powerful. We have this D8 in between class, but... And we have the D10 kind of in between Eidolon, and they've joined together to become a D18 monster with 
two heads and it's really cool. This is one of the more powerful abilities. Once you hit this checkpoint, like this is when things, I mean, things were already off the rails. This is things were really get off the rails, double off the rails. Also at level 14, your Eidolon gets improved evasion, which granted is slower than the rogue would potentially get it, but is still really powerful. I mean, the rogue doesn't get it for free. The rogue has to take an advanced talent to get it. So maybe yeah, not. But what else is he going to spend his talent on? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Level 16. <laughs> My favorite thing is how, like, narcissistically we laugh at our own jokes. <laughs> I just assume other people are laughing. I have to. It's good for my mental yeah. health. <laughs> it's the only way I can really remain happy in this world. So we're going we're gonna to go ahead to level 16 where we get uh, one of the weirdest abilities. One of the strongest abilities, but also one of the weirdest. It's called Merge Forms. There's a lot of rules surrounding it, but the long story short is that a full round action, the summoner touches his Eidolon and the two merge together. All the, the summoner and all of its gear get slurped up into your big, thick, limbless boy. Don't like that. Whatever he's doing right now. And then, like, your summoner is protected. It can't be targeted. It's not in effective AoEs. The summoner is safe. But now you've basically merged your turns together. The... Eidolon has its turn. You don't really have your turn anymore. You're, you kind of work on the same initiative. If you try to cast a spell, which you can do while inside the Eidolon, you're taking control of the Eidolon's limbs, and therefore you're kind of using up the Eidolon's turn. So, so you are mm. giving yourself safety at the expense of you no longer have two turns. You only have one turn, and you're picking, are you doing Eidolon things, or are you doing Summoner things? You can use this ability for a number of rounds per day equal to your Summoner level, so 16 rounds per day at this point. And you can end the effect as a swift action. Hey, Christian, uh, what's the point of this? Just to protect the summoner in case that he's really being targeted? Like, what's the benefit here? There's lots of benefits to the summoner being effectively completely invulnerable. He's a squishy spellcaster. At any point, he can just hop in his Eidolon. And at this point, at level 16, your Eidolon is an absolute monster. Your Eidolon is basically overpowered by this point. It can fly, it can burrow, it can breathe underwater, it can teleport, it has 20 natural attacks... It has AC through the roof. It's a huge sized creature. And the summoner can just, you know, just hop inside like it's a mech suit. And they're completely safe. So you need to go to the bottom of the ocean, hop inside your Eidolon. The things are attacking you in the middle of the fight, hop inside your Eidolon. You're just kind of bored. You want to know what it's like to, to be this big and this crazy? Just hop inside your Eidolon. It, it's a good option because the summoner is vulnerable. The summoner is a really vulnerable character. It seems to me that it's actually nicely balanced because you're losing half your turns. You're losing all like the cool being able to spell cast and boost and also do things with your Eidolon. You're having to choose that. I actually really like that way that they uh, balance that. It's a huge drawback in that way. A lot of people kind of griped on the Synthesis Summoner for the Synthesis Summoner being too powerful, but the Synthesis Summoner loses what makes the Summoner truly the most powerful in that it gets two turns. The Summoner is so powerful, yeah, on top of all the stuff that it gets, it's so strong, it's getting two full turns. It is it is breaking the action economy compared to everybody else. And this, you're sacrificing it, but it, it's, you know, for a good benefit. It's you're immune, effectively, while you're inside this thing. Now, something that they don't do a good job with this ability is, like, I, I, I'd never used it, never seen it used, but I can only imagine that the second that you start using this and try to do anything— Use a magic item. Drink a potion. You're instantly going to be like, huh, how does that work? Hey, GM, how do I... I'm inside this thing, so can I use this random magical item? And they'll be like, um, I, I don't know. The rules don't really specify. 
my Eidolon dies and it was under effect of a detrimental spell. Am I now under the effect of a detrimental spell still? There's some rules for how it dies, like it ejects you and you take a little bit of damage and you're stunned. But like, yeah, I, I, I can see in practice, like the second you try to use this, you're like, oh, this is a weird scenario that's not outlined by this like one paragraph of rules text where I combine two characters like freaking uh dragon ball z fusion dance ha huh? like y- they needed a whole arc to resolve how that stuff works it's still not clear i don't know how it works here with our powers combined we become a thick big <laughs> limbless winged eyeless boy with depression <laughs> he's grown too powerful <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, you, you, if you reach level 60 as a summoner i think you're gonna make a really good use of this and then instantly scratch your head and be like uh, I, don't, I don't know how this magic ring works when you're inside of it let's jump to level 18 we get greater aspect you can now divert more of your Eidolon's evolution points to yourself. It functions just like the aspect ability, but you can divert up to six evolution points, and the Eidolon only loses one point from its evolution pool for every two points you're spending. So that last part's a little weird. Basically, you can now divert six total points from your Eidolon's pool, but it only really costs three points from their pool. You you get a total of six effective points for you, but it only costs three points from your Eidolon. So Which is cool. Now you can have three extra heads. For four heads total. Wow, this is amazing. I love this ability. I can now fulfill my my lifelong goal of doing the podcast with myself. I don't need Christian anymore. <laughs> my Wait, narcissism no, finally comes to full bloom. But Caleb, there's no evolution point you could take for Pathfinder mechanical knowledge or in-depth knowledge of memes. You're right, Christian. How could I do this without you? Oh, wait, half of our episodes are with Robert instead of you. Don't, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare bring up his name. Don't you soil this conversation. <laughs> I wish Rob was here. And if I hear that number that comes after one and before three. <sighs> <laughs> Rob, actually, I, I think the Summoner's overpowered and I'm going to talk about it later. But Rob actually has a different opinion and I actually would like to hear it. I kind of wish he was here. But oh, well, it looks like I don't have anyone to argue against me. And that means I'm always right. Oh, look how that works. <laughs> Maybe you'll hear some of it when we do our Summoner episode since uh, they announced that they'll be doing the Summoner for 2nd Edition. Oh, interesting. I just really wanted to date this podcast more. I've, I keep saying to Christian, boy, I wish we dated ourselves more. <laughs> I really want to solidify us in a, in a certain point in time. All right, Christian, we've gotten all the way to level 20. We want to be the most Summoner Summoner that ever summoned an Eidolon. What do I get? <laughs> well, remember uh, Merge Forms where you could, you know, jump inside your Eidolon? Sure, very balanced, great trade-off. You know, very very clear exactly how this operates and definitely mm-hmm, doesn't mm-hmm, cause a bookkeeping mm-hmm, headache. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. So at level 20, you um, triple that aspect of the summoner and you get Twin Eidolon. You and your Eidolon share a true connection. As a standard action, the summoner can assume the shape of its Eidolon, copying all of its evolutions, forms, and abilities. Your strength, dexterity, and constitution scores change to match the base scores of the Eidolon. You can choose to have any gear, get absorbed, it works like a polymorph spell. The summoner loses all of its natural attacks and all of its racial traits in favor of all of those abilities granted by the Eidolon. The summoner retains all of its class features. The summoner can keep this form for a number of minutes per day equal to its summoner level, 20 minutes per day. The duration does not need to be consecutive. So, like, yeah, real, there's there's two thick boys now. There's You thought one wasn't enough. Well, guess what? <laughs> Here Now there's two of us. 
So, wow, I get the physical scores, which are way better than mine, from the Eidolon, but I get to keep my mental scores, which are way better than my Eidolons. I'm like this perfect creature. It's so powerful. I see why this is all the way at level 20. Well, it said that the summoner can do a level 1. What? Yeah, it's not It's not a big deal. I can just do a level 1. <laughs> keep teasing this. I... I cannot wait until we actually do this archetype episode for the Synthesis of the Master Summoner. <laughs> yeah, but there's only one Synthesis Summoner. There's two thick boys here, and one of them You're can right. cast spells and kick your butt, and the other one can just normal kick your butt, and there's not much you can do about it. Now, <laughs> what happens if I merge forms now? <laughs> do, I, do I count as my own Eidolon for shield ally and stuff? These are really nitpicky questions. It's a cool ability. It's really powerful. And at level 20, your Eidolon is all-powerful and almighty. You are now an incredibly powerful martial character on top of being a very powerful spellcasting character. You're a force to be reckoned with here. Yeah, pretty cool. Definitely. I'm, I'm happy with it. So just to, some things to mention before we go on and talk about some of the other features of the summoner is some of the summoner-specific things introduced in the book, some spells, some feats that you'll probably want to make use of. So one is there's a feat called Extra Evolution. You can take it every five levels, and it just adds one evolution point to your Eidolon's pool of evolution points. There's Evolution Surge spells. I use these to great effect. This is how I got my Eidolon to be the biggest possibly could be. You essentially are able to spontaneously and for a short amount of time give your Eidolon more evolution points to spend. And what I really liked about it was, oh, am I being attacked by a fire enemy? Boom, it's got fire immunity or things like this. You can give it specific things based on the scenario you're in. Really great. Like, oh, are they all on the line here? Now I'll give it a line breath attack. I really like this to be used in sort of a strategic way. Evolution Surge is actually one of the reasons that I think Summoner is insanely powerful. The list of evolutions is incredibly versatile, and with this level 2 spell it is on your list, you just opened up such a varied amount of options to be like, oh, are we fighting something with fire? I'm immune to fire. Oh, are we fighting something in the air? I just gave myself flight. Oh, did this thing just dig away from us? I give myself burrow. You can react instantaneously to anything. And that's one of the things that makes, like, say, a wizard so powerful. A wizard can prepare any spell on your list. Well, a summoner can just prepare Evolution Surge. And guess what? They can turn that into any tool that is needed in the Mm. current moment, whether it is combat-based, whether it's out-of-combat-based. Uh, which I'll talk about in a little bit. I'm going to give me a lot of spoilers here, but I'm going to go into a little spiel about how powerful this spell is. You, you have here in the notes that it's a Swiss army knife, and uh, I totally agree. What a great way to put it. And Swiss army knives are what's powerful in this game. You know, you could be the strongest fighter in the world, but the second you find a ghost, you know, you got to find a way to deal with it. It's when you're sure. powerful and versatile do you truly become powerful. Uh, another spell to mention is, as I said, the Eidolon does not heal naturally. It can only be healed by use of the spell Rejuvenate Eidolon, which is basically the Cure Light Wounds spell chain, except it works on your Eidolon and it heals for D10s rather than D8s. You'll probably want to get a wand of it. Any good flavor class bonuses we should be aware of? Oh boy, howdy is there. <laughs> uh, the Elf is the de facto summoner. The Elf kind of is one of the things that makes summoner just from the core rulebook, really powerful. So the favorite class bonus from the elf is the amount of time to summon your Eidolon is reduced by one round to a minimum of one round. Not very useful until you've gotten nine levels, but at level nine, now your summon Eidolon becomes summon monster. It is a full round action, Mm. which is removing a weakness from the summoner. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're ambushed. You don't got to settle for the budget summon monster option. You can summon the premium platinum Eidolon. (laughs) 
in the blink of an eye. The store brand summon monster. <laughs> But wait, there's more. If you call now and you're an elf, you're also immune to sleep effects because of elf immunities, which is another one of the only weaknesses of Summoner. Uh, if a witch comes up and casts a slumber hex on your Summoner, they go night-night and the Eidolon goes bye-bye. Elves, <laughs> elves are immune to that. Our listeners are now four-year-olds. You see, then the, the, the Summoner goes night-night. You understand. <laughs> it, it makes elf... Kind of one of the best options for summoner. Obviously, you don't get a charisma bonus, but charisma isn't a huge deal for the summoner because it's only their spells, and they don't really do a lot of save or die spells. Their, their saves aren't important because it's mostly buffing spells, which don't really require saves. Uh, Half-Elf has some of the same stuff going on. Half-Elf is also a really good option because they have the same immunities, and their favorite class bonus is to add one-fourth of an evolution pool point. So every four levels, they get a bonus evolution pool point. So you could have an even stronger Eidolon for, with a half-elf. And the last option that's really strong is Azamar. The favorite class bonus is to add DR1 slash evil to the Eidolon. And then every time you add that again, it's one half of a DR slash evil, which is, you know, not everything's going to have an evil aligned weapon. This is a really strong option, especially if you're in a campaign that's not focusing on demons as an enemy, because there are demons, devils are kind of the only things that are naturally evil aligned in their attacks. Well, Christian, we've said it a lot, and people keep saying it. The summoner is overpowered. Paizo admitted enough that they made an unchanged summoner. What makes this thing so powerful that we haven't already talked about? So, on top of everything we mentioned, you know, they get two turns, and that, that's what I want to make clear. This is the thing that makes summoner the most powerful. They get two full turns of two very competent characters. But there's a lot of choices that were made that are kind of questionable at the summoner, and there is what is fixed for the Unchained, and one of them is the spell list. And I've, I've alluded to this a lot, and I want to go into detail as to why the spell list is so incredibly good. Despite having a restricted six-level spellcasting list, they still get a giant list of options, and they keep all of the most powerful spells from the Wizard Sorcerer spell list. But on top of that, they get a lot of spells a level earlier than Wizard. So just remember, so the Wizard's going to get level 1 spells at level 1. And then they're going to be able to cast at level 2 spells once they hit Wizard level 3. And then they're going to be able to cast level 3 spells at Wizard level 5. The Summoner gets level 1 spells at level 1, only gets level 2 spells once they reach uh, Summoner level 4. So once they hit level 5, the wizard can cast level 3 spells, the summoner can only cast level 2 spells. To compensate for this, they get a lot of spells earlier. One of the ones I called out that is powerful is haste, haste and slow. That's a third level spell that the wizard can't cast until level 5. The summoner gets it as a level 2 spell, which means they get it a whole level earlier than wizard. And by the time the wizard can cast it 2 times a day, well the summoner can cast it 3 times a day. Overall, the wizard is going to have more versatile spells and is going to be able to cast more spells. But here's a list of spells that the summoner gets earlier than the wizard. And tell me if you think this is okay. <laughs> if you thought that the rate that the wizard got it was, was, wasn't was fast enough and if someone gets it faster, <laughs> like it's totally cool. So haste and slow. Greater invisibility. Wall of fire. Black tentacles. That That's one of the, you know... Very favored spells for people who say that this is a powerful spell, Black Tentacles. Well, Summoner can do it earlier. Baleful Polymorph. Overland Flight. Magic Jar. One of the end game go-tos for save or dies. Dimension Door. Enlarge Person Mass. 
Uh, this one's big for me, Stone Skin and Stone Skin Communal. You can have DR10 for your whole party online a level earlier than the wizard. Uh, the summon monster spells. They actually get the summon monster spells in some cases earlier than the wizard. And I know that's already granted as a spell-like ability by their class, but if they take it as a spell sometimes, it's actually faster uh, in its growth. Uh, bull Strength, Mass, Dismissal, Hold Monster, Teleport, one of the most important spells for wizards. A planar binding. Simulacrum. There's more. There's a ton more, but this was just me like going through the list and being like, that's a powerful spell. I wonder who gets it first. The summoner. Oh, that's a powerful spell. I wonder who gets it. The summoner. Uh, so like on top of having the bonus spell like ability of summon monster, the to me, the summoner is really a full spellcaster masquerading as a 3-4 spellcaster. They're not exactly there, but they're like 85% of the way there, maybe 90% of the way there being a full spellcaster. And this is more of a nitpicky point. I don't care as much about this, but technically, uh, the way when you buy a potion of cure light wounds, when you buy a wand of cure light wounds, the price of that is based on the lowest possible level that it exists in the world. So when you get a cure light wounds potion, you know, it's based on the cleric because the cleric gets it first. The, the Because the summoner gets it earlier, all the default prices are technically wrong without some kind of shoehorning of text otherwise. Again, I don't think this is a big deal. Just go with the prices in the book. But it is something that showcases, like, the way that these spells were laid out in the wizard-sorcerer spell list was, you know, kind of a big crutch of how this game was designed. And getting them earlier is a really powerful point in the summoner's favor. It's fine. I never thought of summoners the person that you want to take craft magic item or craft potion or whatever. I would suggest it highly. There's a lot of reasons why craft item is going to be really, really powerful for the summoner. Uh, we mentioned that it helps them just, you know, generally because they can craft a wand of rejuvenate Eidolon, for example. Uh, I'm actually going to uh, jump ahead a little bit and say evolution surge. You can get a wand of evolution surge. And that's so incredibly powerful because you can just give them the tool they need at whatever point at any time. So the spell list, really good, really strong. And that's one of the things that changed and unchained. Most of these spells that I mentioned, the summoner gets earlier, is not the case for the unchained summoner. They get them a little bit later than the wizard. So on top of that, the Eidolon is really, really easy to optimize. Making it a competent martial character through very, very standard choices, you end up with a martial powerhouse that destroys most enemies with its absolutely ridiculous number of natural attacks that also has amazing defensive abilities. Especially because, in my experience, people playing powerful Eidolons is they just put the offensive stuff in their pool, and then because the defensive stuff is much more reactive to what you're fighting, you just slap on whatever they need that fight with an evolution surge. We're fighting a bunch of martial-based things? Okay, here's DR. We're fighting a bunch of spellcasters? Here's spell resistance. Mm. Uh, so for me, the Eidolon is a... 85-90% fighter, natural attack martial character, masquerading as a three-fourths animal companion fighter. So you get two turns of two people who are almost full-strength characters, which ends up being incredibly powerful. You can really take over the battlefield and take over a game because you are handling both the magical side of everything and you're also handling the physical side of everything. Something else that was addressed in Unchained is flavoring issues for the Eidolon. Because it's kind of, you kind of mentioned, you know, we're joking around about the limbless, blobby, thick boy with no eyes, whatever. Mm -hmm. But in practice, the Eidolon doesn't have any narrative direction to it. I remember a quote somewhere I couldn't find, but it was basically described as an amorphous blob excuse 
for seven natural attacks. There was no other reason why you made the decisions you wanted to. You always wanted to be at the maximum cap for natural attacks for the Eidolon because that's where its power lies. And just whatever means you needed to get there, you chose. Does it have a spare arm? Okay, I'm putting a claw on it. Does it not have a spare limb? Okay, I'm going to give it another arm. So now it can get another claw attack because I focused on claw attacks. You just By end game, you just end up with these terrible blobs of terror marching into the battlefield. All that make your fighter feel like he's useless. I wouldn't say they feel useless if the Eidolon was its own character, but it's not. The Eidolon is contending with the fighter while the summoner is also buffing it and doing its own thing. Once you start buffing the Eidolon, then your fighter's like, hey, can I can I get some of those buffs, please? <laughs> you pass oh, no, sorry. It's a target personal and I can only share it with him. And Dude, sorry. pass the buffs. Oh, sorry. They can only be given to my best friend and oh, ooh, awkward. Now, you don't have to play the summoner selfishly, but this this all combines to make a very, very powerful character that, again, it's not as much as that super overpowered as much as that it's doing everything. It, anything that the party needs to do, the summoner handles. Uh, to take it back, so we got, we got the magical, we got the physical. Well, what about skill checks? Because I think that's kind of in the design of the class meant to be the summoner's weakness. It only gets two skill points per level. It has a really, really minuscule class... Uh, skill list that's not very good the Eidolon also doesn't get many skill points per level and it's not meant to be a you know a skill monkey (laughs) well if you have a wand of evolution surge one of the evolutions is called skilled oh no no. what skilled does is hey pick any skill from the skill list your Eidolon gets a racial plus eight bonus to that skill plus eight plus eight that is absolutely insane so anything that you need we need to pick a lock Eh, well, here, Evolution Surge. You're now grow lock-picking appendages for a few minutes. Have at it. <laughs> yeah. well, the tentacles just... <laughs> like a zoom-in on just, SpongeBob just transforms into a key. <laughs> like this horrible, grotesque thing. Like, oh, he got the door open. It's just like slime oozing out of the keyhole. Like, yes, that's going to get outscaled, but it's the versatility. Whatever you need at that time. Uh, Evolution Surge, uh, Escape Artist. Now squeeze through the hole and open the door from the other side. I I don't think you're going to be skill giving it the skilled ability to make it, like, diplomacy or bluff. Uh, That would definitely be out of flavor, I think. But anything else is fair game. Acrobatics, (laughs) climbing. (laughs) Use one. Now, good sir, listen here. (laughs) You're going to let us through this door. You don't want to see what I do to break into doors. <laughs> it involves a flesh shaped key-shaped piece of flesh that you do not want to see. Go- oh, the time is up. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, in practice, there they they're they're covering all of the bases for a party. They're a one character. And, and let's party. let's be clear, we're talking about it's being overpowered. And, and yes, you can make things more powerful than this. And just because you have the plus eight doesn't mean that you can't have somebody that's dedicated at you know lockpicking since we've used that a lot and and you would have a higher numbered score the idea is that you can be not only passable but good at everything at any given time mm-hmm. and you know the, the, not every character exists in a vacuum you're in a party and the point is that you know some people in the party can do this some people in the party can do that and that makes a dynamic and the summoner starts to take the dynamic for themselves if if played this way it's hard to make the summoner bad. You know, you can give a new character the the summoner and they're probably going to make some pretty basic choices. 
and end up with something that's actually quite powerful. Hey, Christian, you want a piece of trivia? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I submit, I subscribe to IMBD uh, bonus facts about the summoner. First class I ever played was summoner. Uh-huh. How'd it go? I mean, I played, it was my first session in a group of like 30 people at gaming club. Oh. It was okay. Yeah, no, uh, okay is a, <laughs> a definitely a polite word I think you're using there. I think... It's been so long, but I think um, your friend Ryan, who we've had on this show a couple times before, uh, I think was the one that helped me build it, but I, I can't be 100% sure. It was a while ago. Did you feel all-powerful? Did everyone fear you? Did you make the limbless boy? No, I made a boy with lots of limbs, lots of tentacles. Exactly, and that's that's just the way you do, because you're like, oh, I can have, like, five natural attacks right now. Well, let me see where I can fill that in. I remember the the guy, who I'm just going to refer to as Ryan. We're going to pretend that that's the truth. <laughs> um, Ryan asked the GM, he goes, hey, he wants to make a summoner. Is that okay? And he looked up at me and he goes, this is his first time? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no concern. I, I wouldn't want a, a first time player to play the summoner. I really wouldn't, uh, just because. Oh sure. It's it's uh, it's very much bookkeepy. You have to know a lot of rules. Right, right, right. Now just to just to wrap this up, uh, this discussion of the summoner. So what what did they say about it when they were making it unchained? So just the blurb from the unchained class and what they changed is to quote from that. Most of the unchained summoners class features are the same as those as the base class design. The biggest change comes to the Eidolon. The Unchained Summoner selects a subtype for its Eidolon, such as an Angel, a Demon, a Protean, which determines a number of its evolutions and helps to shape the Eidolon's general attitude and appearance. So again, that lack of direction you have with the Eidolon. In addition, some of the evolutions are now tied to one or more subtypes in base forms to make Eidolons that better match the expected appearances and abilities of such creatures. Finally, the summoner spell list has been greatly revised, removing a number of imbalances. So that's what you can look forward to with the Unchained Summoner. We did this episode. It, it feels almost like a waste because my my general consensus is make them play Unchained. Don't, don't let people play Chain Summoner, unless you want them to be a synthesis. One of the other problems with the Summoner is that it has really broken archetypes. You mentioned earlier the Master Summoner. All the Master Summoner is, is you get a weaker Eidolon in exchange for your Eidolon and your Summon Monster can exist at the same time. And you can also summon monsters as many times as you want, as long as your Eidolon is not summoned at the same time. So you could just, you know, you got eight uses of Summon Monster per day. Here you go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, the battlefield's filled with like 20 people on our side. What are you guys going to do about it? I'm a little walking army. And then the Synthesis Summoner. Again, I'm kind of I'm kind of miffed on this one because I think the Synthesis Summoner is super cool. It's one of the classes that breaks mold, and it's not really a martial character. It's not really a spellcaster. It does its own special thing. And I don't think it's as powerful as it's made out to be because you are trading two turns for one turn, which is always worse. The idea is that you can have really, really good attribute bonuses. Right. So they're going to be good at what they do, but I think the the big benefit to the summoner is that the, the summoner is going to cast a, bu- a relevant buff spell to the situation. They're going to cast energy immunity. They're going to cast haste. You know, they're going to cast whatever it is that's needed at the moment. And then the Eidolon can instantly act upon that bonus they just got. Whereas if you're a synthesis, like, oh, right now we need immunity to fire. Well, I have to cast that spell. And now I have to wait a whole turn to benefit from that. Sure. Let's talk about our conclusions about the class. Uh, I, I really like what they're trying to go for. I constantly get yelled at for wanting to just play monsters out of the bestiary. 
being able to like create a cool monster and play as him, that's really a great fantasy, and I'm so glad that you can do that here. The problem with this class isn't that you can't fulfill the fantasy, is that unfortunately it, it's it's easy to sort of make other players in your group feel useless and to become so powerful that you really skew the game in, in ways that the GM has to compensate for that don't feel great. But it does what it's supposed to do. It just does it too well, and, and it's hard to blame something for that. And I, I like that it's not super complicated. Like, yes, there's some, some back and forth, but one, once you make the character sheets, they don't change a lot. You throw in those, those you know, evolution points, and then you spend them, and then that's your creature. You're, everything's happening in between the sessions where you get to customize your monster, be just the kind you want it to be. And then the few things you give it during session are there and gone. I, I would butt in and argue that that's actually pretty complicated because later levels of evolution surge, you know, greater evolution mm-hmm. surge, you're getting like six points. You're getting eight points. That means you can now access chains of evolutions to reach stuff you otherwise wouldn't have. And that's one of the, I think, harder bookkeeping portions of the summoner. Right, you're right. But in the end, I think it's a fun class to play. It's just powerful. I agree. I think it's a very fun class, and I like what it does. I like buff-based characters. Bard is, like, my favorite class, and I play it as a a support. I like to cast spells that empower the rest of my party to do the things they want to do. I think buff-based characters are very underrated because they are really powerful characters, and this is like the most powerful buffing caster there is. And they're not just the most powerful buffing caster, they are always going to have a relevant buff target that's going to use their buff however they want it to. I like canvas-like classes. The Eidolon is a canvas that I can customize to whatever story, backstory, flavor that I want. And I'm kind of sad that's one of the things that changed because that was one of my favorite parts about it, but I understand it. I understand that it became this faceless blob of, you know, three heads, five arms, and three hooves to kick the crap out of anything that comes close. And I don't think that was super healthy for the game. Mm. Yeah, it's in the end, as much as you want to customize, funny how every summoner's monster looks the same, a creature with a bunch of limbs. Right. When there's a bunch of choice and some are just more powerful than others, that's when it when things die or become uninteresting. The only time I let someone play Summoner, I say let, it's not like people weren't requested to play Summoner. Only one person ever wanted to play Summoner in my playgroup. And they were someone that like I knew, they were the opposite of a power gamer. They would only choose flavorful right. options and they wanted they had their fantasy of what they wanted and it was usually something that wasn't very powerful. So I let them play Summoner. And even this person that would like intentionally pick underpowered options, they were always on the cusp of like, man, if they, if they take this evolution or like if they do this instead of doing that like they're going to outshine every other member of the party it was only Mm. by literally kneecapping themselves through wanting to have fun how they play the game was the way that the summoner really fit into the party well if i can give my most important thought about this class is that 17 minutes in when we just started talking about level one abilities that edelon gets i was able to trick christian into saying edelon for the rest of the episode it was a great accomplishment, oh, and you're all welcome. No! I failed! <laughs> I... <laughs> you're Italian, not Greek, Christian. <laughs> for Christian and myself, thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Trailblazer Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com. This is Johan Matthews. Thanks for listening.
What are you doing? That's the that's our theme. I have just now decided to cancel the podcast.